The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. And welcome back, everyone. I'm not sure if the bell sound came through for you this time. Original sound has been on this week, but I'm not sure. Um, I love the term original sound. It sounds kind of like a, a Zen koan. Like, what's the original sound of one hand clapping? Or something like that. So, okay. Well, uh, let's begin. Uh, for those just arriving, my name is May Elliott. And today is the last day of our series on the hindrances. Um, and today is the teaching on doubt. Um, so this hindrance can manifest um, as doubt in the Buddha's teaching. Like, does this really work? Um, maybe I should have tried Sufi dancing instead or um, chakra realignment. Like, I don't know if I'm in the right place. Um, you know, doubt in your teachers or doubt in yourself. Um, doubt in oneself is often uh, often manifests as doubt in one's own capacity or ability to do the practice. Uh, Philip Moffat says, doubt is the mother of all the hindrances because it can stop you before you get started. Um, and so doubt is significant in that it has the capacity uh, to make us quit. Um, and it can also sap the energy from our practice and agitate the mind. So some time ago, um, I agreed to undergo a period of more intensive meditation training. It was in a technique that I wasn't all that familiar with. And in that setting, uh, there was actually a good bit of pressure to learn the technique. Um, and as you can imagine, feeling pressure to learn a meditation technique is not a very supportive condition for learning to meditate. Um, so it's no surprise then that um, but it was a little stressful, right? Um, uh, and so I was wondering, you know, am I any good at this technique? Um, like, am, I, am I able to keep up with the training? Um, so one day I was... I was sitting mulling over my sense of impending insufficiency uh, when something interesting happened. Um, so a, a thought appeared in the mind, and it said, this is just doubt. That's it. Just said, this is doubt. And it, it was true. All that was happening in that moment was doubt. And I went, oh, doubt is one of the hindrances. Um, and I know I don't need to take the hindrances personally. And so with this recognition, this clear seeing of, oh, this is doubt, it was as though the magic spell was lifted. Um, the naming of doubt completely released its power, and the whole package fell away. Um, so in that moment, I didn't need to let go of the doubt. The mind's inner wisdom let it go. Now, prior to that experience, I had many painful spells of doubt where I was able to recognize the doubt was present. You know, the mind said, oh, doubt, that's what this is. Um, but the doubt didn't release upon recognition. Instead, I had to sit with the painful feeling of doubt um, and sense it, you know, feel it in the body, recognize and feel. So I did the practice that I've been sharing with you, um, knowing it's present, recognizing it, feeling it, sensing the sensations in the body, 
feeling the moon that's present, um, the unpleasant vedana, unpleasant feeling tone. Uh, so over and over again, I practiced recognizing the doubt and feeling the dukkha, the suffering of the doubt. Um, and part of this was really letting the mind know fully um, the suffering associated with that form of selfing, uh, with that uh, the selfing of of doubt. Um, so I want to zoom in a little bit on this practice of feeling. Um, I've, I've talked about about feeling, you know, feeling a hindrance a zillion times this week. Um, I want to underline one of the reasons it's so important. Um, it's through being with the felt experience of the suffering of a hindrance, through really being in the body with the experience of anger or craving or restlessness or doubt, that our system can register, oh, this is suffering. Suffering hurts. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't need to do this anymore. Um, so through doing this, our system learns to naturally let go of a hindrance. Um, it's kind of like, like grabbing a hot iron skillet. If we do it enough time, times, the mind eventually learns, don't grab the skillet. It hurts. Um, and after a while, if we touch the skillet, we don't have to think, oh, gee, I'm grabbing the skillet again. I really need to figure out how to let go. It's unnecessary. Instead, the, the hand just releases it. So when I recognize doubt, and the experience upon recognition just you know, evaporated, I didn't let go of the doubt. It was the inner wisdom that let go of the doubt. And that wisdom developed because I had spent so much time clearly seeing, clearly recognizing doubt and feeling the suffering of it. You know, I had, I had touched that hot skillet enough times. So when the mind saw that it was coming, it released it immediately. Ouch, this hurts. I don't want to do it again. So it's not, it, the release isn't coming from aversion. It's coming from clarity, knowing suffering and the causes of suffering. It can release. So when we become deeply intimate with our hindrances, when we study our hindrances fully, when we feel them over and over, eventually the citta, the heart-mind, learns that they're dukkha, and the inner wisdom knows to release them. So hopefully that, that provides a little more understanding of, kind of how this process can unfold and how much freedom becomes possible as we really get to know our hindrances. Um, we're much less likely to be hijacked by them if we know them really well. So I'd like to shift now uh, to discuss uh, two conditions for the arising of doubt. Um, and both are related. One is expectation and one's evalu evaluation. Um, they kind of go hand in hand. So uh, Temple Smith says, um, the insight teacher, he says, doubt arises when reality doesn't meet our expectation of where we should be at. As in, uh, we think the mind should be more concentrated, or we think the mind should have less thinking, or we should be less upset about X, Y, or Z. Um, and when that's not the case, when reality doesn't meet our expectations of where we should be at, we feel doubt about ourselves, or we doubt the practice, or about our teachers. So our challenge is to let go of expectations that we should be anywhere else than where we're at in our practice. Instead, can we trust that what is arising is coming right on schedule? You know, this is our new curriculum. Wow. 
So when we don't meet certain expectations for where we should be at, often we're evaluating our practice. You know, that was the, the second word that I mentioned. Expectation and evaluation. So um, trying to assess or evaluate whether our practice is good or bad or productive, um, this tends to just be a cause for suffering, and it's certainly a cause for doubt. Um, so for example, in evaluating, we might go, gee, you know, nothing's happening in my practice. Maybe it's not working. Um, or, you know, I'm, I'm so distracted in my practice. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm really just, I'm a bad meditator. So that'd be you know, an evaluation. So in both, there's this sense of um, evaluating what's happening. There's not, uh, nothing's happening. I'm too distracted. And, and these can be, you know, these assessments, these evaluations, um, can really be a catalyst for the mind to doubt the practice or doubt your capacity. So for those who are prone to doubt in their practice, which is most of us, if not all, um, it can be really helpful to remember um, that there's no need to evaluate or judge your progress. You can't know where you are on the path for sure, or why something's coming, or how, um, how you can grow from it. So, you know, if if we go to a guitar lesson for the first time, we don't expect to be a Grammy-winning musician the next day. And that would be ludicrous. So at the same time, you know, we sit. Um, but to assume that the mind is going to be completely still without thoughts and that the heart will be, you know, radiating loving kindness, you know, that uh, might not be realistic. So instead, we need to be really deeply patient with ourselves. You know, uh, if we're trying to chop wood with an axe, it might take a hundred strikes to split the wood. And we need to be patient. And if on the 30th strike, we think, oh, gee, this isn't working. Why bother? I'm just going to give up. Um, you know, we're selling ourselves short. Um, but we're not not during that. You know, if we're we're evaluating on the thirtieth strike, we're not aware of the way that each strike loosens the wood. It opens the crack a tiny bit bigger. You know, each strike is a causal factor in the eventual splitting of the wood. We might not be able to sense that or know that, um, but that's what's happening. Uh, and each strike, it's not just splitting the wood a little further. But um, we're growing in these secondary qualities. We're growing in patience, in determination. Um, all of these qualities, these wholesome qualities, are being cultivated in these moments where it could seem like the practice isn't working. So on the night leading up to the Buddha's enlightenment, uh, the demon Mara visited the Buddha to prevent him from awakening. And Mara tried all sorts of things to distract the Buddha. Um, he sent his armies. He tempted the Buddha with beautiful women. And uh, Mara's final ammunition, after trying everything, he says to the Buddha, who do you think you are that you could be enlightened? So Mara's final ammunition is to evoke doubt. Who do you think you are? And at that moment, the Buddha touched the earth and said, with the earth as my witness, I have a right to be here. And he became free. 
So doubt is no small matter. Um, you know, it's the last, the last assault for the Buddha um, before liberation, um, the last effort of Mara. Um, so we'll experience doubt in our practice. Uh, it arises early in practice. It arises late. Arises late in practice. Um, so best thing we can do is get to know it. So now I want to shift to the antidote for doubt. Um, so as discussed in the meditation, the classic antidote for doubt is faith um, or trust, confidence. And you can use any of those words. Um, you know, can we trust that whatever's arising is arising right on time? Uh, can we trust that we're right on track? Can we trust the Dharma? Can we trust the practice? Uh, and if you struggle with doubt, build a daily faith practice. Reflect on why you're practicing. Uh, recollect moments in your life when the practice was really beneficial for you. That's what we did at the beginning of the meditation. Um, so connecting with moments where the practice uh, has benefited us, it's faith building. You know, borrow the faith of your teachers, um, teachers that inspire you. Um, you see the practice working in them um, so you too can have confidence in it. I saw a sign a while ago that said, um, proceed as though success were inevitable. Proceed as though success were inevitable. Um, so can we trust that if we just show up with mindfulness and curiosity that the practice is reliable? Um, we can have confidence in it. We can have confidence in ourselves. You know, can we proceed as though success were inevitable? Uh, so lastly, I want to remind you that if you're visited by a hindrance, this isn't a bad thing. It's not a mistake or a problem. The hindrances are the medium by which we wake up. So in a way, learning to be with the hindrances, um, learning to do this without rejection, is an act of radical inclusion. Um, we're making ourselves whole because we're not, we're not sending, we're, we're not making any parts of ourselves uh, separate. We're not pushing away the hindrances. So we're making ourselves whole such that there's nothing we're rejecting, nothing we're excluding. Uh, there's nothing left out. So I'd like to end with a poem by Izumi Shikibu, a female Japanese poet from the 10th century. It goes like this. Uh, watching the moon. Watching the moon at dawn. Solitary, mid-sky. I knew myself completely. No part left out. I'll read it again. Watching the moon at dawn, solitary mid-sky, I knew myself completely, no part left out. Thank you very much for your kind attention. It's been absolutely wonderful to spend the week with you. Uh, may your uh, practice with the hindrances be a catalyst for your awakening. Um, it's been so lovely seeing your messages in the chat and getting to spend this time uh, with 
a worldwide Sangha. Take care, everyone.